are the one that have led us thus far. And we have come to return all the glory and thanks to you. It is only a fool that says there is no God. But we know that you are. Before the creation of the world, you were. Lord, if not you who has been on our side, the earth would have swallowed us. The would bless your name that we saw the month of January. We saw the beginning and we saw the end. We saw the beginning of February we saw the end of February. We saw the month of March and we saw the end of March. Lord, you led us through the pandemic. And that the Lord God Almighty, you brought us back. We lost no one. We say, may your name be praised. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we came into the first number month in the year 2020. And our Father, it has pleased you that we will be part of the last Monday in the month of September. And we have come to celebrate with our brethren. Whom, O oh God Almighty, you added another year to their years. And so, Lord God will say, may your name be exalted in the name of Jesus Christ. Speak to us. Let it be another word we shall live to remember. May this word, O oh God, transform our lives. And let it be, O oh God Almighty, a word that will heal every area of our lives. Restore us from anywhere the devil has pushed us to. And let there be miracles in our lives. That at the end, Jesus alone shall be glorified. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Please give Jesus a bit of a hand. Let me take your seat. I want to start by thanking God for his faithfulness um, because I happened to be the chief testifier. I didn't pick the mic to testify when others were testifying. I want to appreciate God for the success of the burial of my father-in-law, um, which took place on the fourth of this month. God of heaven. Uh, made a name for himself and everyone that uh, attended uh, took everyone back home safely. And I want to thank this chapter, the executive chapter, we are well represented and I want to say that the Lord continue to bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wisdom for preservation. Wisdom for preservation. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 12. Wisdom for preservation. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 12. Okay, can somebody help me? I thought the slide is working, but. It just informed me that it's not. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 12. 
Verse 12. Wisdom is a shelter. As money is a shelter. Okay, let me hear King James. Wisdom is a defense. And money is a defense. It seems like wisdom came out and declared that it's a defense. Money also challenged wisdom and said also, I am a defense. Wisdom is a defense. Money is a defense too. But it didn't end there. What did the scripture say? For the excellency of knowledge. But the excellency of knowledge that wisdom that life to them that have is that wisdom, not money, give it life to them that have it. Father, bless your word. In Jesus' name. Money is a defense. The Bible says the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom is not only a defense, but it gives life. If money gives life, then some of the great men that have gone wouldn't have gone. If money is a source of life, then some of the rich men that are no more today would have still been living. God Himself counseled, advised, and said to anyone that has wisdom, He says, Wisdom gives life. That means if you have wisdom, you are. To have protection, divine preservation, because wisdom is a defense. I discovered that there are times that what you fear by the reason of wisdom can start fearing you. A man of wisdom can cause his enemy to become afraid of him. Without fighting, without responding back, wisdom can cause your enemy to be scared of you. First Samuel chapter 18. Verse 7, verse 15, and verse 13. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 7. Verse 7 says, And the woman, sorry, and the women answered one another. And the women answered one another. As they played. 
as they play. As they. Saul had slain his thousand. Saul slain a thousand. And David his ten thousand. David ten thousand. And Saul was very wroth. And Saul was very wroth. And they say it displeased him. Mm-hmm. And he said. And he said. They have ascribed unto David ten thousand. Which verse are you in? I'm now reading verse eight. Go to fifteen. Okay. Verse 15. 15 says, Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely. When Saul saw that, saw that he behaved himself. That David behaved himself very wisely. Very wisely. He was afraid of him. He became afraid of the guy he wanted to eliminate. Wisdom brought protection, defense to David. Saul was after him. It was not the physical armor that David used in shielding himself. The Bible says, when Saul saw that David behaved himself, Wisely, he became afraid of the God that was once afraid of him. He saw an unusual wisdom in David. In fact, verse 30 says something. Read verse 30. Verse 30. Okay, verse 30 says, Then the prince of the Philistines went forth, and it became, and it came to pass. And it came to pass, the Philistines. After they went forth, uh-huh. that David behaved himself more wisely. That David behaved himself more wisely. And by the reason of his wisdom, what happened? Than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was much set back. It was not, it was men are looking. Every man wants his name to be great. But the Bible said, by the wisdom of wisdom, David's name was made great. The Bible said that there were servants that were there before David arrived in the palace. But the word of God said, he beheld himself. More wisely than the rest of the servants, and his name became great. People that have not seen David knew about him, heard about him by the reason of wisdom. Beloved, the Bible says, In all your getting. In all your gettings, get wisdom. Why? For wisdom is the principal thing. For wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom for preservation. If through wisdom, David escapes from the hand of his number one enemy, Ladies and gentlemen, 
If you are to make it in this end time, you need wisdom. Let me give you three keys only for wisdom. Number one, if you are to have wisdom for preservation, then maintain a clear conscience to secure your life and destiny. If you are to if you are to have wisdom for preservation, then maintain a clear conscience to secure your life and destiny. First Peter chapter 3 verse 13. First Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Someone else can help me with Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. First Peter 3, 13 says, Yes. And who is he that will harm you? Who is he that will harm you? If you followers of that which is good. If you are followers of that which is good. The Bible said, who will harm you? That means, if you are not in the way of evil, no harm will come to you. If you are not in the way of evil, you are not on the path of evil, then you have nothing to be afraid of. If you are the followers of good, God said, who is that old person that will harm you? That if you are on the path of evil, then you have every reason to be afraid. If you are in the path of destruction, then you have every reason to be afraid. Beloved, you can't be on the path of evil and don't expect evil to come to you. You cannot be on the road where evil passes and expect evil not to touch you. You can't go through the water and expect water not to touch you. If you are a follower of good, it's a no harm. I'm bringing this word because you know, during Ember Moons, there is this, this assumption that evil increases, calamities, disasters, tragedies take place during Ember Moons, and then a lot of prayers are said, which is important, that I've discovered too, that one of the major things that you need to avert calamities is wisdom. If you lack wisdom, then you expose yourself to the attack of the enemy. John chapter 14, verse 7. See what Jesus said. John chapter 14, verse 7. Where there is nothing to hide, there is nothing to fear. 
nothing to hide. Then you have nothing to be afraid of. If you have not destroyed someone's life, then you have nothing to be afraid of your life being destroyed. If you have not been involved in putting someone down, then you don't have to be afraid of anyone putting you down. For whatsoever a man sweats, he shall be. If you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to be afraid of. John chapter 14, verse 16. Hmm. Not John 14. Wow. John 14, 10. Wow. This is serious. 14, 10. I am. Chapter 28, I think verse 1. He said, 
a righteous man is as bold as a lion. A righteous man. The devil could not withstand, challenge Jesus because he knew that he had every right to rebook him and he cannot turn to say you have something that belongs to me. So what right do you have to talk to me? If two people happen to go to, to a place and they stole something and then one is caught and the other one was not caught and then the one that was caught was brought out and people were scolding the one that was caught, abusing him and then the one that was not caught will come out and start talking to that one too and start advising him and start scolding the one that was caught. There's a, a point he will get to. This one will say, what right do you have to talk to me? That you were not caught does not acknowledge you. When you read the book of Luke, when the Bible told us about the good Samaritan, the Bible said that a man left Jerusalem and was on his way to Jericho. And the Bible said he fell into the hands of thieves. The word of God said the first thing they did was that they slipped him. The Bible said they beat him. And the Bible said they stole, they took all that he had. They were disasters. They dealt with him. Number one, they stripped him. His glory, his clothes. They beat him. And then they stole, took from him. And the word of God said they left. And then the first person that came was a priest. And the word of God said when the priest came from afar, he didn't come close. The word of God said he took another one. Refused to help him. The Levite came, came close, looked at him. Saw what befell him. Didn't touch him. In fact, I believe that the priest and the Levites accused this guy because he was coming from Jerusalem. And that was the same place that the priest and the Levites were coming from too. But because of the mercy of God, they were all on the same road. They were all on the same path. Probably they were going to the same destination. But this other man, unfortunately, before them, and it happened that they came when the robbers were on the road, and they 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 they, they, they caught hold of him, and then slit him, beat him, stole from him, and this father too began to accuse him that he left Jerusalem and was going to Jericho, and that was where two of them also were going to. But somehow they were fortunate not to fall into the hands of the robbers and they began to accuse the person that fell into the hands of robbers. There are many of us that are quick to judge and we judge because our own are not out. They are not being revealed. And we think that because man has not sinned, that it is hidden from God and we can start to condemn another person. Ladies and gentlemen, if you know that you are not guilty, you are not free from having what belongs to the devil. You don't have any right to stand 
to convert somebody else. Yes, sir. Yes. See what Job says. Job chapter 1. The book of Job chapter 1, verse 11. Oh, verse 1, first. Verse 1 says, There was a man, there was a man in the land of Uz. In the land of Uz. Whose name was Job. Name was Job. And that man was perfect. The man, number one, was perfect. And he is upright. He was upright. I one that feared God. This guy feared God. And he also excused evil. This guy hates evil. Verse 11. But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he No, no, no. For verse 8. Now, in verse 1, we are told that the writer of Job was Moses. We are told. I don't know how Moses got the revelation of this man. But I discovered something. That the same Moses, who was not in creation, was the one that told us about creation. Moses was not there when God created the world. But he was the one that told us about creation. How did he get the revelation? I think he got that revelation in Exodus chapter 32. Something happened in Exodus chapter 32. That's not what I want to preach, but let me just wrap it briefly. Now the Bible said that Moses said to God, I want to see your glory. Show me your glory. And God said, you can't see my face. He said, any man that said my face will die. He said, but I will pass by you. And I will hide you in the cliff. And I will cover your face with my hand. And he said, and when I pass, I will remove my hand from your face, and you will see my backside. What was God trying to say? Moses, you are not meant to see the future. There is war that will write about the future. And that one is strong. You are to write the history. The history is at my back. As you see my back, you will see about creation which no man was and i want to give you that revelation so that you will get and write everything that happened in creation the back of god contains the history of creation so the same moses was the one that called you and then the bible says probably moses loved Job so much and so he was the one that was telling us about Job. He said Job was a perfect man. He said Job was an upright man. He said Job was a righteous man. He said Job was a man that feared God. He said Job was a man that issued evil, that hates evil. Maybe he was telling us because he knew Job so well. Maybe Job was his friend. You know, he was, he was, he was, he was trying to tell us nice things about Job. But in verse 8, God himself about Job. And what happened? Read verse 8. Read verse 9. Read verse 10. Wisdom for preservation. Yes? And the Lord said unto Satan. And the Lord said unto Satan. Has thou considered my servant Job? Have you considered my servant Job? That there is none on earth like him. That there is none 
on earth. God, God was not exaggerating. God was not testifying about Job to make Job to feel good. After all, Job was not there. After all, Job was not there. God himself was testifying. That's why Moses told us about Job. Verse 8, God himself wanted to talk about the same man that Moses told us about. Beloved, when people talk nice of you and talk how good you are, how wonderful you are, and how, how nice you are, you are a good Christian, the question is, is it what God is saying about you in verse 8? God had to agree with what a man said about another man. And what did God say? I got it. Yes, sir. A perfect and an upright man. God, man, you got it. One that feared God and has read evil. The same thing that was said in verse 8 was what God was not telling the son of Satan. I said, This guy is a guy. That is not right. This guy fears me. This guy hates evil. Remember when we picked our text. If you are a follower of good, he said disaster, calamity will be found from you. And so God was telling Satan, he said, This man is a follower of good. This guy has every qualities that I Jehovah carries. And this guy. Because he has what is what belongs to me, I am committed to his protection. There are things in him that I am committed to protect. Can I ask you a question? If the governor of the state is, and then we we'll see all those security men, especially when probably is about getting close to where he's going to, you see some SSS guys, you see some policemen that guide the car. Those security men, are they guiding the car or are they guiding the man inside the car? Eh? I'm asking you, eh? If the government leaves that car and enter Keke and decide to enter the Keke, what will happen to those security men? They will abandon that car and go to do what? Eh? What? They will begin to do what? Follow the keke. They are not following the keke. They are following the person inside the keke. Hear me well. The angels are not going with you because of you. They are going because of what is inside of you. They are committed to go with what is inside of you. The world inside of you is what attracts heaven. Not you. Not you. They watch over the person inside the car, let the governor alert from the car and begin to walk or begin to run. They will leave whatever thing and start following you. Yes, if all of us that are here are carriers of Jehovah. Do you know how many angels are we? 
The Bible said it. God said this one. Satan, you see this one? You see this one? I can testify of it. And the word of God says, what did Satan say? Verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord. And Satan answered the Lord. Saying, and said, Doth Job fear God for not? He doesn't fear you for not. Has not thou made a hedge about him? Uh, you you make him hedged. You protected him. You make sure that there is no room opening for me to enter. How can I touch him when you are the one that hates him? Will not watch over it. You can't be a man that fears God and thank God for prayer. There be Lord, you can pray and still believe in this. But you cannot carry holiness. Even if you do not pray, heaven is committed to your preservation. Because I know my son. 
comes now, I am sure. If the trumpet sounds now, I don't need to, I don't need, you know, we have to get to a point where you are too, too always living, living. When the serpent came on Paul's hand, there was no time for Paul to start blasting in tongues. Paul didn't start praying. Paul was living ready. And through the serpent, the Bible didn't tell us, and Paul started praying. And started asking God and started destroying the, the poisons. No. He knew that what he had in him is a neutralizer of poisons. You cannot have it, and then you are, your head is shaking. That every little thing you are afraid, that means you are not sure of your stand with him. A life of clear conscience. Some sort of scammer. We are so foolish that they went to cast to deal, you know, church goers. Always they are doing Monday fellowship. Very good in eating rice and all those things. And had an encounter with the death master. So they thought that it was because they carry Bible and because they know how to dance. That they could deal with them. And they say, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, command you to come out. And the devil was like, since when? <laughs> when did you have believer? We go to war together. We pray together. We smoke together. We we'll exchange some nude pictures to WhatsApp. We know how our chats and you are open you whatever. Who you? And the Bible says, by the time the devil finished with them, the other thing, he said that said. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? Number two, if you have to experience wisdom for preservation, avoid wrong company to avert calamity. Avoid wrong company to avert calamity. Right company can avert calamity. And one company can attract calamity. Right company can avert calamity. Wrong company can attract calamity. You remember the story of Joshua chapter 2 and um, chapter 6. That's the story about Rehab, the harlot. A, a woman that was not only she was a harlot, she was she was she was staying with or living with people that were already destined for destruction. God already told Joshua that they were going to destroy Jericho. So the woman was not only that she was a harlot, she was also 
destined for destruction by the reason of where of the people that she 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 was as she associated herself with. And one of God said, when the two spies came, the Israelites, the one of God said she aligned herself with these Jews. That means she left that company that was marked for destruction and aligned with this company that came with the mandate of Jehovah. And the Bible says that when the wall of Jericho fell, if you know the scripture well, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 6, the word of God said that the house of Rehab was on the wall of Jericho. He was living, his house, her house was on the wall of Jericho. Yet when the wall of Jericho fell, the house of Rehab did not fall. Why? Because she aligned herself with this company. And the word of God said she carried all her household and brought to that her house. That the world fell and got to where her house was. The power that was destroying the world left the house of Rehab and continued falling. Wisdom. She used wisdom to preserve her life and her family. Someone shout right here. Of course, when you when you read Hebrews chapter eleven, verse thirty-one, her name was mentioned as one of the great women of faith. I don't know whether you know. That the name of Rebecca, Isaac's wife, was not mentioned in Hebrew chapter 11. That this woman, who everyone addressed as a harlot, mm. her name appeared there. <laughs> this woman, who everyone had written up, by wisdom, preserved her life. Preserve the lives of her family. And I understand that it was one of those two spies that eventually married her. Because the Bible says that she left with the Israelites and she lived in the land of Israel till her death. Let me look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. Shut it back and say neighbor. Be a man and woman of wisdom. Look at first Kings chapter 22. The, the Bible told us the story of a guy, King Jehoshaphat. Ahab was a terrible king. Ahab decided to challenge the king of Syria. And the Bible said the king of Syria decided to fight the Israelites. And the word of God said Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah, visited Ahab. And Ahab said, I'm going for war. And he said, could you join me as my brother? Joshua said, why not? I will go with you. And the Bible said, because of time, and the Bible said, Ahab said to Joshua, Joshua, as we go to this war, put on your kingly robe. I will give you my kingly robe. As for me, I will disguise myself. I will not enter this battle as a king. But Joshua, 
that you that came to help me go with your kingly word. And the word of God said that as they were going, the king of Syria said to his captains, don't fight anybody. Don't attack anyone else. Don't kill anyone else. Just look for the king of Israel. He's the only one you will attack. If you have the opportunity to kill, kill him. That's the only person you will go after. And the Bible says when they came to the battlefield, the captains of Syria saw a guy with the kingly loop. And the Bible said they all pursued him. And they said, that is the king of Israel. And the word of God said, and they surrounded him. And as they were about releasing their arrows, Jehoshaphat cried, I am the king of Judah. I am not the king of Israel. In other words, Jehoshaphat would have died another man's death. The Bible says in the book of Chronicles, the word of God said, and God moved them by the reason of the help of God and the mercy of God. Because he allied with a man, with a one company, he would have died a death that was not meant for him. He went and took another man's that made him to have attracted the arrows and bullets that were meant for that man. You will not die another person there. If you are shouting, they will shout it better. Amen. If you are shouting, they will shout it better. Amen. The third one before we pray. Transact with integrity to avoid calamity. Transact with integrity to avert calamity. Ephesians chapter 5 11. Ephesians 5 11. Ephesians 5 11. Okay. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Mm. It says, And have no fellowship. And have no fellowship. The unfruitful works of darkness. With the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather reprove them. But rather reprove them. Be a man of integrity to avert calamity. When you read the book of Joshua, we just finished talking about Joshua and Jericho. If you know the story well, the Bible says after they conquered Jericho, the one of God said that the next city to conquer was a very small city called I. A. And the Bible said, Joshua said, there was no reason to send spies. If we could deal with this uh, big one, I mean, this one is my money. So the Bible said, I just sent a few men. I said, just go and destroy them. And the word of God said, by the time they went, the Bible says, they were defeated. They were killed. And Joshua came back, went to the house of God. The Bible said, from morning till night, he was crying. How could they allow such a thing to happen to us? Could this small, small city destroy, kill us? You, you were with us when we went to Jericho. And then this little challenge, you allowed it to overwhelm us. And God said to Joshua, Joshua, get off from there. Get off from there. And the Bible said, Joshua got off. And God said, there's an accursed thing in the camp. How? How? By the time Joshua went to the camp, it was his father. That a guy by name, Eka, went and took what was not meant for him. 
It was the first battle Israel was going after the cross Jordan. And anything that has to do with first fruits belongs to God. And Jericho was the first battle. And everything they were together, God said, Don't touch any. All belong to me. Don't touch any. But greed did not allow Ether. Greed did not allow Ether. Ether! Don't tamper with this. There are more spoils ahead. Then this one, God says, they are mine. The Bible says, Ekan came and was stealing and was taken to, the, to, his, to his house. And the word of God said, by the time he was discovered to be the reason why Israel lost the battle, the word of God said that God said, bring him out, bring his wife. Bring his children. His wife was not was not a corporate meeting. The children were not there. But why should God allow the whole family to be eliminated? Because the wife saw when he was bringing the things in, she didn't object. She didn't she didn't say anything. The children saw him. Why didn't they go to Joshua and say, "Our father has done something wrong"? The very fact that they brought that, the God comes to the house. There are things you are having that is that is attracting causes to you. You can't keep what does not belong to you. You can't keep what is God's own and then you expect God to bless you. You cannot walk on say this is mine and you are fighting. You know when I see people fighting over that and so on and so forth, I don't, I, I don't even preach on that. To me, it is left for you because you cannot that when you keep what belongs to God, God sees you as a thief. God himself called you, you are a robber. You are a robber. Great, great, great brought the calamity and disaster that befell ever. When you, when you talk about um, Judas, Judas is coward. Then somebody said Judas is coward. Now, this, this, when you read the scripture, Matthew, you will discover that the Bible said Judas began to steal ministry money. The Bible said that Jesus went to the house of Simon, and while he was there, Mary Magdalene came, brought an alabaster for him. That was an animal, you know, caused an animal with it, and poured it on the head of Jesus, and used her hair to wipe it. And the word of God said that people began to mourn, including Judas Iscariot. Judas said, This money, how could this large money be wasted on Jesus? He said, This thing would have been given to the poor. And the Bible went further to say he didn't say it because he loved the poor. He said because he's a thief. Because he was what? Eh? Because he was a thief. He was stealing Jesus, Jesus ministry's money. See, you know, I was asking myself. I said, Jesus, is the ministry of Jesus must be a very rich ministry. For Judas to be stealing, you don't steal from empty purse. 
that in Jesus' ministry had mine. That's what surprised me is that I never saw in the scripture where Jesus took off. I never saw in the scripture where Jesus collected tithes. And yet, he had money. Where was the money coming from? He had a crusade for terrible days. And yet, he didn't say after the 20 days crusade, we need to collect offering. He said he was the one that fed them. Miraculous. But the Bible said that Judas Iscariot was stealing from Jesus' post. How was the money coming? <laughs> you know what Jesus is trying to tell you? I can take care of you. I can provide for you. Miraculous. This guy went for that. He wasn't satisfied with stealing ministry's money. The Bible says he went like play, like play, like play. He got to a point where he now decided to sell his creator and his maker. He graduated to, to sell because he was so greedy. Greed. Greed. The one he was selling was not enough. He decided to sell the master himself. And you know the word of what he sold Jesus? The amount he sold. You know the what? The Bible said that money was used to buy rebellion land. A land. A place that was used to bury strangers. Probably that was where he too was buried. Hear me and hear me well. Every fruitless money has no future. Has no future. If God did not give you, if God did not give it to you, it will not make you. Let me close with this. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 19. I don't want King James. Give me Amplified, give me NIV, give me Living Bible. Proverb 190. Proverb 190. Let's say that. Proverb 190. Such is the end of all. Please, everybody listen. What translation is that? Thank you. Everybody listen. Such is the end of mm -hmm. all. Who go after ill gotten gain? Who go after ill gotten gain? Such is the end of such. So in the end of yes, such people. Uh -huh. It takes away the lives of those who get it. Read it again. Last. No, read that one. Such is the end of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the lives of those who get it. Anybody with that, please? Please read. If who is give give him mic, give him mic. Everybody listen. Uh huh. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy of gain. Uh huh. Such takes away the lives of his possessors. Uh huh. Something does what? Takes away the lives of his possessors. 
Shall we ascend? I, I don't need to add to this. Anybody with reading Bible? Good news. Read it again. Proverbs, just put that proverb in your mind. You know, see here. When I see people selling what does not belong to them, they don't know they are attracting calamity. Look at some of the houses in Enugu. They will put there, this house is not for sale. This house is not for sale. Why are they writing such? Because there are people that those properties, those buildings do not belong to that they want, they want to sell it. Why should you go to sell a land that is not your own? Why are you fighting over a property that does not belong to you? He said, for anyone that go after this ill-gotten wealth, he said, so shall your life be cut off. Please read that. When you say the rock, rock, always gets the right This is what happens to anyone who lives like that. Lift up your hands. Lift up your We are the ones that attract the calamities that come to us. We are the ones that invite the deaths. We are the ones that invite destruction. Let it not be our passion. Please lift up your hands. First and foremost, open your mouth and just thank God for the world. Thank you for this world. Thank you for this world. Thank you for this world. If this world bless you, thank you. Jesus name we pray. 